0: Welcome back to a Silver Lined Relaunch. And you know when you meet somebody and you have that connection where you just know that there's going to be this like explosive conversation. Well, you guys are the beneficiaries of this. This is going to be so good. I've got Chris Plackey in the house and we have already had numerous conversations, but today is going to really like tie it all up, put that like package together and deliver it to you listening. This episode is brought to you by the Fired Up Entrepreneur Program. And this is a program that we are so proud of. The results have been downright remarkable. And we want to invite you to get a glimpse of what it is like inside this program. By inviting you to participate in the Business Boot Camp, which is a five day free event, and get involved with this because the pearls that we're gonna be sharing each and every day are going to be the foundation for allowing you to make money, keep the money, grow the money, and strengthen not only your business, but also yourself. So please take advantage of this and join us at our next bootcamp. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. So Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. You know, I all we're it, after man. all of our technical problems, right? It's so it really funny. is funny. My, I mean, my technical problems. But, but I got to tell you, sometimes the ones that we fight for the most, yeah. that we wait for the longest, end up being those ones that over deliver, which I am fully in expectation around that. So, all right, so no, we're excited. No. But Chris, okay, so for those people that are like, all right, crazy, crazy, who is Chris? Can you share with us who you are and the journey that has brought you here to talk Mm -hmm. about your significant relaunch Mm -hmm. and really how you are, who you are because of the silver linings Mm
1: -hmm. that came from it? Oh, that's such a great question. Okay. So I'm Chris Plackey. And I coach female entrepreneurs on how to lead and manage teams and deal with all of the drama and challenges that come with that. Um, so I've really had two significant, uh, what I would call relaunches in my life. Um, one was sort of that, um, relaunch from being a corporate leader to becoming an entrepreneur and really repurposing myself and, figuring out how to take what I learned, um, by leading teams and companies with all these resources to doing that on my own and figuring out how to help leaders all over the world do that. Um, and it was a, it was a really difficult launch to go from the security of a business that pays your salary and has benefits Steady income. We talk about medical insurance, just to name a few, yeah, you know, just a couple Well, I eye insurance stuff that you just, you know, entrepreneurs are like, what I insurance, yeah. um, and the terror, right. The real fear, but I, for whatever reason, I, you know, I think we're all, I, I really am a big fan of Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic book because she talks about how we're all sort of kissed with ideas and, mm-hmm. um, I just got that young, honestly. I took my first coaching course when I was like 24 years old in the early nineties. And I thought, this is what I want to do. But I, I had to work a long time before I was ready, but I was haunted. I have
0: to, I have to ask who was the first one? Who was your first coaching course you took?
1: Rich Fetke. Oh, okay. He's, he's not, he was in the Bay. He lived in Moraga. Um, and he, I don't think he's a coach anymore. I think he's a realtor, but I don't know. I could probably look him up. I reached out to him a few years ago and said, Hey, you changed my life when I was 30. Isn't that awesome though? Yeah. But he was, uh, um, I was just like, Oh wait, you do what you get paid. He had this beautiful house in Moraga and he coached people every month for $500. And he was making like $25,000 a month. And I thought, no way. I want to, I want to do that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But I had a lot of work to do to get there, mostly from a confidence and a willingness to accept the risk of being an entrepreneur. And um, so the silver lining of the launch of that relaunch of that going from Chris Plackey, the master's prepared um, professional uh, executive leader,
0: i love how you kind of lowered your voice when well it was it.
1: it was like that
0: it yeah was, no it was a man's world it was yes, a, do not man. be feminine that is oh, not no. acceptable do not bring in any of that femininity yeah none Lower. of
1: that coachy coachy whatever yeah um but what was cool about where i did get to work is they let me play with my content they let me play with my coaching um it was like an experiment i got to do that for several years So I had this little bridge because I created a coaching team within, I was always an ops leader. And then I became a coaching leader, created a coaching team, and then I left. Mm -hmm. And it was terrifying the whole first year of my business. I didn't make a dime. (laughs) So this is interesting though. So in your corporate world, they said,
0: Hey, create this environment. So that entrepreneurship environment, which by the way, so many companies are trying to embrace thinking they're embracing and they're so not embracing they're it, terrible. But, yeah. but, but you really crafted this early, early on and then yeah. said, wait a second, I really love what I'm doing. I need to do this on my own. But as you said, you had to have the confidence and accept the risk, right? Because a lot of times that risk means that you
1: are on the fence, not believing that there is going to be a reward. No, you're all in on yourself. And we were, you know, my husband and I, I think if I hadn't been married to him, I wouldn't have done it because he believed in me a hell of a lot more than I did myself. And he Mm -hmm. was like, no, we're going to do this. this." And so I raised my hand. The company I worked for was going to start doing massive reorg. And I had, um, some feedback from my COO and she said, uh, it would behoove you to go first. And I knew this because I had done some outplacement work in the past. So I raised my hand and I called HR and I said, I'll be in your first round. And I got mm-hmm. the best package because, mm-hmm. um, and my husband said, let's do it. And so we, I mean, we sold yeah. some, some, um, of our retirement savings. we cashed it in just so we could live for a year. Um, and it was very scary. And there was not a lot of, this was in the early 2010s mm-hmm. and before we really, cause we're in a place now, if you're a woman and a laptop and you have Wi-Fi, man, let's go make some money. Mm-hmm. Like there's no doubt in my mind, 10 years ago, that was not what we were believing yet. We weren't there yet. And so I think, um. Now I've really gotten to this point where I see that you have to, I used to have a, a sticker on my computer that said leap and the net will appear, right? That's an old, I think that's a right. quote or roomy. yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't believe it, but I, I did it anyway. And um, so the silver lining of that launch and relaunch of my second, so sort of my second version of my career was learning how capable I am. Mm. and, you know, you talked about how the company kind of let me build this program. I always just believed you could create whatever you wanted. I just kind of within the insulated cell of a, of a existing company, it didn't feel like a lot of risk. Mm. And then when you go out and you do something on your own, you don't have that. And yet it's, it's the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. It's
1: just this belief that somehow, because you don't have a consistent paycheck, you're not safe, but really you're always, you're mm-hmm. always as safe and secure as you decide to be.
0: God, that is so true. It reminds me when I was working at Oracle for 10 years and the president Ray Lane was leaving to go to Kleiner Perkins, one of the largest venture capital firms. And he called me up and said, Hey, come on over and do scrub sessions with all of our portfolio execs. And I said, well, you know, Gosh, I, I don't know how to do that. I, I've never done that. And he's like, Oh, yes, you have. You've been doing it for the last 10 years, you know, putting putting your, you know, the people that worked for you and you, the people you managed and all the clients. And he's like, Just, I love the word just, right? Just put something together and I'm sure it'll be great. And I'm, I'm laughing as I hear you saying that because that was a big push for me to kind of take that first really big, oh my God. And, and I know, you know, through your story, you loved it. It's like, oh my God, could I be doing
1: anything else? Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely have been one of those people now who, who thinks, oh man, I should have done this 10 years sooner. However, I shouldn't have because, you know, everything happened exactly as it was supposed to. Mm -hmm. Um, You've
0: been in this for 11 years, Yes, 11 years. And I've got to ask you. So when, I, when, when that president of Oracle called me, that was probably 20 plus years. And there was no such thing as a coach. You were a consultant yes. <laughs> 11 years ago. Were you called a coach? Cause I, that must've still been the early days of coaching.
1: It was, I was a certified life coach. I was not an executive coach and there were right. still are people who, certify you, I guess. I actually certify leadership coaches who are yep. life coaches, but um, I was, I conser- I called myself more a consultant and a trainer. Um, and a then I,
0: I remember there was also the point of, I'm a strategic advisor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what yes. a yeah. I mean, and that was, that was actually what led me to the second sort of relaunch that mm-hmm. I had because that role consulting, advising, while that's what I feel like I do do, um, you're sort of at the mercy of what the client wants. That's what so many of these consulting firms do is they, they write proposals, right. For clients and every client is a new version of all of the things in your magic hat. And um, I did that for the first six years of my business. You know, I was basically taking, you know, listening to the needs of my client partners, my company partners, and then trying to create something that would support what they needed, whether it was a 360 Mm -hmm. or executive coaching or workshops. And I did a lot of speaking. I spoke for Microsoft and I spoke for PayPal, eBay, Mm -hmm. CVS, right? But it was always on like, well, we really need something that addresses this. Mm-hmm. And I would fit into it, right? And I had a girlfriend who's very successful in coaching, and my business model used to make her really angry because I was always so exhausted. Well, I got to create this content for this people, and I have to write this proposal, and I don't, well, I don't know if I got the deal yet. And she's like, "I hate your business. Can we just like tell people what you do and they come and buy it? Why are we, why are we making this so? What gone. a brilliant <laughs> gown? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, she is yeah. brilliant. So, um. Three years ago, we burnt the entire thing down. I took, I, everything about my business changed. My podcast, my website, my product, how I sold. I started doing direct B to C, right? So straight to the client who's going to hire me. I got out of corporate entirely. I said no. I said no for an entire year to all of the corporate partners that I had been working with. And I only focused on female entrepreneurs. Mm. The content of my work did not change. I'm still helping people learn.
0: So Chris, Chris, yeah, let me before you keep going, let me ask you, why focus on
1: just females? Why the female entrepreneur, why not men? Oh God, well, that's a great question. Okay, so the first the first answer is by accident, some female entrepreneurs just found me and started working with me just because they heard about me or they found my podcast. And I fell in love with them because they have a unique, female entrepreneurs have their own unique challenges that I, I intimately identified with because I am a female entrepreneur and I'm also a female leader. Um, and the truth is the majority of the people I've coached up until that point were men because- the majority of, execu- of executives are men. Mm-hmm. That and, is so true. Yeah. You are I mean, that's connected. just, yeah, it was yeah, a, the first 80% men. Yeah. eighty percent. The first leadership training I did for a first corporate partner I got, I walked in, there were 26 leaders in there and there were two women. Mm-hmm. Now, by the time we were done three years later, they had a lot more women in the room, mm-hmm. but um, I just believe that women are uniquely qualified to be exceptional leaders And they don't have the same access or belief system in themselves that they can lead and be who they are. I think men are taught from the time they're born that they're just leaders, like men get to be the leader women have to fight for it. And then they dismiss so many of the qualities they already have and tell themselves, those don't make me strong as a leader. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's the opposite. I think you lean, you leverage all that femininity, you leverage all of it. Leadership is feminine. Well, because- I, love
0: what you're, I love what you're saying right now, because if yeah. you really think about people buy on emotion. Mm. not logical. So emotion is tapping into that emotional side, which is playing into the femininity. So you, that is 100% spot on in terms of, you know, why we in fact should be teaching men how to embrace more of that emotional side of it, because I think it would significantly
1: increase the success in everybody. Yeah and the joy, you know, we look at what's happening in employee engagement and corporations across the world. And we just have a lot of people who are really unhappy at work. And so the models that we have had in place for developing and helping leaders become leaders, I don't think are very effective and they're yeah. tired.
0: So and- you decided to shift Take everything, do like throw out the, you know, throw out the old, you're in with the new, this is three years ago. You're now all in on female entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I mean that, you know, you're, you're now rolling the dice in an area, but there wasn't, I'm not hearing there was as much risk because you actually had been doing the coaching this can, you know, consulting for years at that point, right? Seven, eight years. And you could lean into what you knew to be true about your
1: content perspective. That didn't change the customer and the marketing and the presentation and the niche, all of that. And saying no, Mm. saying no to, Hey, can you come do this workshop? No can you do this leadership series again? No, I used to teach for UC Davis. No, I stopped everything. So I went through about a four month period where I didn't take any new revenue
0: um,
1: because I was prepping my business so that I could start coaching exclusively female entrepreneurs. And I had to totally rebrand as the coach who supports that client exclusively. And then of course, the more I only focused on that client, the more I now I have such intimate understanding and knowing Mm -hmm. of the challenges that women face, especially women who are kind of in that two to $5 million place with their business, where they really are relying now on team and they don't know how to build, manage, coach, fire, hold people accountable you know, deal with all of that sort of leadership angst that comes with mm-hmm. extending your results there, to others.
0: You said that you really got clear with your niche and and how you could then focus and lean into who, and you're even giving great examples. Can you share with people out there that are listening that the, the importance behind mm-hmm. narrowing down? Because oh. so many of us think, oh my God, we can, you know, I could sell this to, everyone could benefit from my product, mm-hmm. but share with us why you think that that is absolutely the wrong approach. Oh my
1: gosh. Well, first of all, just proof, <laughs> right? My revenue no, was four, it's four times, four times what it used to be, even probably even it'll be five or six by the end of this year. And that was when I was doing everything for everybody. I made five times less That doesn't make sense, right? But then, as soon as I get narrowed in on my niche, I talk to her, and the thing I hear the most from my clients because it's you know the women women who have successful businesses who make good money don't have a lot of other women they can talk to about it. Mm, So true, yeah. And so you know, I'll never forget one of the first women that I worked with privately when I. Because I did go straight to just private coaching, which now I don't do anymore, which is interesting, but um, $75 million business and beautiful woman inside and out comes to the call and she says, "I I can't, nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. I don't have anybody to talk to. They don't feel, none of my girlfriend, my girlfriends are like, Oh, poor you. And your $75 million dollar business. Mm-hmm. My colleagues, I can't, I can't deal with my problems with my employees. And so really that, that women go through. And I, again, I think it's an identity management as much as anything else. Like it's okay to be successful and own your voice as a leader And so the more I got clear about that niche, the more the women who really need that hear me. And you know what the best news, the women who don't want that, they also hear me and they don't hire me. So, and I love that because now the way I just finished a group today and one of the women said like, this space is so safe for me. And that's what I want is those women come on and they're all in. And the women who don't want that, that's okay too. Mm. You go somewhere else. There is a place for you.
0: There is. Yeah. And, you know, I, I we both are in the same space, right? We both, mm. you know, talk to entrepreneurs. I think that um, I'm focused a little bit more on that foundation, right? Yeah. You got to have a yeah. foundation when you're trying to either launch or relaunch a company. And I always am like, I'm always talking about the fact that sometimes when you have that rapid rise Mm. and more people pull back, more people, and you certainly can't talk to your board members, your your advisors, because they're the ones that are watching you so closely. You might've raised money from them. You might've had, Mm. you know, these times where you're going to go out and raise more money. And the last thing they want to know is that you don't know certain things. Mm -hmm. But what, tell me what you're finding these days, because it is lonely. You can't talk. You can't share. Your friends don't get it. Your family think, you know, they, they just want to see more of you. Your business is pulling you in a different direction. How do you help people with time management?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. We were just talking today about systems of freedom in my program. And mm-hmm. um, there's, there's really two ways that we have to think about managing your time right? There's technically, tactically, um, what you do, how you do it. And that's where the industry in that space just makes all their money, right? They just buy this planner, buy this thing, buy this tool, and you'll be able to manage your time. But really where time management comes in is it's a mindset and it's also your willingness to set boundaries and accept that there will always, and potentially always be people who are just disappointed with the choices that you make and you're still okay. Okay. Everyone,
0: everyone who's listening out there, she said the B word. (laughs) He did it. She did it. She opened up Pandora's chest, (laughs) the B word, that (laughs) boundary, which 99.9% of us are, that's a tough one. (laughs) Yeah. It is. So, so in terms of that, keep, keep sharing with us, like, do you have steps that help you with the boundaries? Because that is a challenge for all of us. I know I face it and um, you know, there's, there's ways that I believe you can really circumnavigate and, and be able to lean into how you are going to be able to share that, you know, what you're doing, but how do you recommend you do that?
1: Well, what I find for most of my clients is it's a couple things. It's first sort of a worthiness, like that my space, my time is as important as the time you think you should have of mine. So it's like, I either get to give it to you or I get to keep it for myself, right? And in the, in the sort of space that I work in with women who are CEOs, there are constant um, requests of their time. And they're usually not the big ones. It's more like, Hey, do you have a minute? Hey, can I just, can you help me make this decision? In fact, could you just make this decision so that I don't have to make it? And it's just this on repeat. Right. And can so, I throw,
0: can I just throw something
1: off? I just have a quick, yeah. Just what do you, <laughs> let me just, yeah. Yes. So we teach in the program, we teach things like filters, like how do you help people make decisions And then let you know what the, like, here are the two choices I'm going to make here. We have idea filters, like here's the ideas that we have. And then they have to think through the idea, not you, right? Mm -hmm. So there, yes. So there are tactics that we can teach people so that they start to leverage their own critical thinking, which is one of the biggest complaints I know so many of us have today is people don't think, but then we do all the thinking for them. And that just takes our time. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I know that most of us don't have is just the words. And so even this morning, one of my clients, she's an ENT physician and she's working on this, you know, and she's practicing like the, w- the words that we have worked on, which is when people come to her, she said, I'm doing pretty well with people who come to me who have a quick question. I asked them to go, you know, why don't you go see if you can ask Joyce or George or whoever, and see if they can help you. I'm good with that. It's the ones who come back after I already helped them. And they ask me the same question. (laughs) That's so true. Right. And so it's like, so I said, okay, well, here's how we handle that. Hey, I think we talked about this on Tuesday. What do you remember from that conversation? But what you have to be willing to tolerate is their disappointment that you're not going to answer it. That's it. (laughs) That's why we don't do it. First of all, we tell ourselves well, it's just easier if I tell them. Not really. Because now you're just setting them up to always come back to you. It's so much easier. This is such good advice. I yeah. Love it's so much easier yeah. if you say, I think maybe we talked about
0: this. Yeah. And be willing to have that pregnant pause. Be, yeah. be willing to just be quiet and look at them. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't, I
1: yeah. Uh, and then we well, I don't remember. Okay. Why don't you go ask around? <laughs> And then we talked about this morning. I said, it's important for you to explain to them, listen, me answering your questions all the time. is not helping this organization. It's not helping you and it's not helping me. So this, this isn't going to keep working. I know, you know, this answer. I know, you know, where to get the answer. And if someone were coming to you,
0: what would you say to them is the answer. That's a great one. Yeah. Yes. 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 So good. Okay. So with all that you have done and leaning into what you really truly believed was going to be this, this future, right? You felt it. You mm-hmm. felt that there was something missing in your corporate mm-hmm. job. You were willing to risk you know, the risk reward. You were willing to do that then again, where do you see yourself in the future going with the, I mean, where do you see coaching business going? Where do you see the, you know, this, this industry? Because there are certainly a lot of us out there at this point that are getting certified in, you know, a three-week program and this and that. I mean, where do you see the industry going?
1: Um, I think it's like any industry. I think that there are, um, oh boy, there's a lot I could say. There's a, there's a really big difference between people who want to be coaches. Cause they just want to be, they want to give advice and they just want to sell a product and they tell them, they call themselves a coach versus, um, people who can that, you know, I did a Martha Beck life coach training in the early 2000s years ago. So Martha, um, I learned a lot from her and what stuck though. One of the things that stuck is, can you change someone's life in 10 minutes? And there's not a lot of those people. Hmm. And um, I'm very confident that I am <laughs> because I have been coaching for 20 years. And I really do know that there is not one thing someone could bring to me that I wouldn't be able to help them solve. I don't solve it. I believe everybody has their own solutions. Hmm. So where do I see this industry going? I think it'll go the way just like everything else. There'll be you know, there's 400 mattress stores that you could go buy a mattress from, but the mattress store you're going to go to is the one that actually has really quality product and really quality support. And I think the same thing is true for coaching. And I do worry because I think there's a lot of people who call themselves coaches who really aren't. And that is in, in some ways, um, minimizing or, uh, depressing the could be harmful too. Yeah. The the potential impact, but I really don't think about that so much because I don't have aspirations to have, you know, 50,000 people working with my business. I have a very intimate business. Mm. I know every single one of my clients, um, I will keep growing and adding some coaches so that I can support more women, but I want to always know who people are. And so I'm very confident that my practice will always be a place that is, you know, that the vision I've had, the, which is to prove the power of one thriving woman, that vision will always be the heartbeat and the soul behind all of the processes and the tools that we create. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a client in the world, who, if you're listening to this podcast, um, what a lot of coaches being in the world means to you is if you're looking for a coach, you need to be very discerning and thoughtful about what you're looking for. What's the relationship you want to have with someone? What do you, what are your expectations of that relationship? Um, chemistry, synergy. It all really matters. That's what I would say. So, but I think the, the industry will continue to grow. And I think that's a good thing. There are a lot of people who need a lot of help in a lot of different parts of their lives.
0: I agree. And so in the rapid fire questions, when I ask these, uh, I'd love to know how many coaches do you have right now?
1: I have one. Okay.
0: Cause I, yeah. Right, works for I, me or that
1: I, I have, have two, myself.
0: Yeah, no, I have two that I work for. No, that actually coach me. I have one. Yeah. And I have two right now and, you know, two different, two different areas. And Uh it's just, I always am the biggest advocate. Yeah. Everybody should have a coach. Everybody,
1: everybody Everybody. should have a coach.
0: Everybody. And so I love that. And then when you think about areas that are most surprising when you have people, what's the top area that you find yourself coaching around? Nine out of 10 times, you go back to this specific topic. Oh my gosh.
1: Um, uh, Dealing with the tenured employee who no longer does their job (laughs) and (laughs) argues and gives up resistance and doesn't want to change. It, It just happened again today. Every single one of my clients goes through this Yeah, and it's the hardest one.
0: Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then I always ask, what is your favorite beauty product by name? Oh, what did you just say? Beauty, beauty product? Beauty product by name. What's your favorite one?
1: Well, right now, my favorite is my lotion.
0: Oh, what kind?
1: It's Kai.
0: Oh, does it have that very unique smell? It also comes in a perfume. Yes. So I have it upstairs as well. Can I smell it at lotion? the
1: Ritz? Yeah.
0: Love that. Mm -hmm. And I also always love to ask, what does a powerhouse of possibility mean to you?
1: A powerhouse of possibility is, um, every one of us. Like each one of us is a powerhouse of possibility.
0: No doubt. Yeah. And and Chris, if people are just like, yes, I got to reach out right now. I've totally connected. How can they find you?
1: Um, I think the easiest two ways would be Instagram. Everybody's on Instagram right now. So Chris, uh, it's at Chris Plackey coach. Um, And then my podcast is called Lead Your Team. And it's on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts from. And
0: we'll make sure to have all of the show notes, all of these amazing tips that you gave us will be, in the notes, you can get there with the www.relaunchco.com under podcast. So please go check that out. The links will be there to get in contact with Chris as well. Chris, thank you for being here. So oh, it's awesome. my
1: pleasure. Thank I you. I loved
0: your take on the industry. I loved what you've done and the and you know, the ideas that you shared with us around you got you gotta be willing to take that first step. Yes, it's risky. Yes, it is. But I mean, look at what you're doing now. As you said, your you know income as well as the mission of what you're trying to accomplish is growing and kudos to you. Yeah, this was great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Mm, we'll see you again soon. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, Will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining and now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.